Hey, I got a title for the teaching today. Are you ready out there, folks? The King James Bible and the Blessed Underground Church. The scribes, the translators, and the martyrs that were persecuted to get us this Bible. Oh, well, it didn't start there with Christ. No. It started clear back with the Septuagint. And the, and the, the fight was on, and they didn't play fair. Everybody promoting the King James and all that and talking about the other side of the fence and things they did to the doctrine. Think about what they were doing to the, to the real scribes. People, there was no building. And this is after Christ was long gone. Any building would have been met with military force. And it wasn't just from the Jews. So these martyrs, all the way back into the Maccabees, I'm going to go all the way back to the Septuagint. Even before that, the, the occult people, the people that love Lucifer, attack anybody that has the real Bible. They just always have. So this martyr stuff went on all the way to the year 1500. It started winding down. It didn't go away. No, it did not. See, the people that really did the scribing, we don't even know their names. But God knows their names. Because there were so many people martyred, barbecued, burned at the stake. All of them. This is the school of Ptolemy. This is how they played. What was their long-term goal? Why would Ptolemy, this occult king, with Alexander the Great and Antichrist, why would they be interested in God's real doctrine? Ptolemy worshipped his god, Ra, Memera, from Egypt. His bloodline goes all the way back to imprisoning Joseph. He was a hater of people, uh, of the Jews, and he was a hater of the real doctrine. Their long-term goal by dabbling in our doctrine was to destroy it. Now, I gave everybody the, uh, the intro so that they would know the basic history to the Alexandrian library with King Ptolemy. His ancestors were the Potiphors. And we, we went all the way to Alexander the Great in 330 B.C. And the library... And the mystery set up with Plato and Plutarch, uh, the Egyptian mystery school. And then we went to uh, 350 AD in this. We're going to see him here in the intro to the King James. It's uh, this origin was his name. And the Libertines, we read that right out, right out of the book of Acts. And what they did to Stephen. See, that's what way they played. And I don't hear any of the other, and I, I, I appreciate their work. I do. I, anybody sticking up for the King James, I appreciate. But you guys, you're being too soft. Look what they did to Stephen. That's an example of what they do. Now, that's one we know about. I'm telling you, they barbecued. It wasn't just the Catholics doing it. It wasn't just the uh, uh, people from the mystery school doing it. It wasn't. They attacked by all the other uh, New Age. In the old age, the New Age people, they played hardball, buddy. And they'd burn you at the stake. They'd throw you to the lions. Hey, Paul's uh, helpers, Aquila and Priscilla, they were thrown to the lions. Every, every apostle got thrown, martyred somehow. Thrown to the lions, saw it in half. This is what happened to the prophets. This is the way these people play. So we went down to where they, this, to this uh, called library, uh, whose people that are supporting it are just purely occultists. There's no other way to put it. I mean, Westcott and Hort loved this library. And when I say they had the ghost guild, they would go into the chapel, see, into their so-called Christian chapel, and sit there all night, and they told their flock that the whole chapel would fill up with dead people that had passed on. 
That's that. This is their real doctrine. This is what the, these are the people we're listening to. These muckety mucks today. All these Bible versions. These namby pamby Bible versions that have destroyed Christianity. They use Westcott and Horse. And they believed in contacting dead people and that their whole chapel would fill up with dead people every night. That's the doctrine they preached to their so-called flock. So you had the Vaticanus Receptus and the Alexandrius Receptus and the Sinaiticus Receptus, remember? And uh, then it went on to the Jerome Latin translation and they're in the English finally in 15. 1885, so that they could beat the uh, King James that was coming. See? And then the Shepherd of Hermes. We're going to go into that today. We're going to go into that today. Why did they, does the Shepherd of Hermes have six angels building his, his tower of Babylon? Because God has seven angels before the throne. Throughout the whole Bible, seven angels and the four major cherubs that cover the throne. So God has his seven angels. The shepherd of Hermes has six. See, there's your occult numerology. I've been talking about it. How many years of it? I've been talking about occult numerology and the difference between six and seven. How many years, folks? Well, there it is. And we're going to get into this shepherd of Hermes, and that's just a code word for Satan, Hermes. The shepherd of Hermes, because the 200 angels to come down, that's a zeal in the whole gang. And they're waiting in hell for their punishment right now, the 200 first fallen angels. So all the other Bible translations, they all came out of this occult school. All of them. The Egyptian, Alexandria, and the Council of Trent came right out of the same thing. A bunch of scoundrels. 13, a coven of witches that claim that they took those 11 books out on Beltane. Does that sound like somebody we're going to listen to? But don't tell that to the people of the steeple. Oh, no, their pastor says, oh, my, oh, my, you King James only people are a cult group. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen to me. Westcott and Horde not only had the Ghost Guild, but they had the Hermes Club, see? And that's a code name uh, for Satan, all right? So that catches you up. We're on page four, though, of the intro from the King James. And these uh, 47 scribes that loved the word. In page four, they have a, a translation similitude. And they're finishing those up from page three. And they're saying uh, in this similitude that they rolled the stone away to the well there with Laban. And uh, so you can tell how much knowledge they had of the Bible. They really did because they used biblical symbolic similitude language in their um, parables that they used in order to uh, talk about translating and how important it was. Uh, and they call it the vulgar tongue, but don't let that mislead you. That only meant into the common language for people. And they're saying, if it stays in uh, uh, an unfamiliar tongue like Latin or Greek or Hebrew, it's, uh, it's sealed. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, the, the Hebrew language is what it was written in. And it was sufficient to do everything they needed. Very beautiful. Okay. But we go all the way to, to uh, the time of the Maccabees. And here we have the Greek and the Jew, and, and they, they want to get the doctrine completely out of Hebrew into every language here for the uh, what they would call the Gentiles and the Jew both. So this is the time of the Maccabees. This is the time of the Essenes. Okay? And these translators of the Septuagint, 
had the same goal in mind of giving this doctrine, even though they didn't have the New Testament, they wanted this into Greek where every language in the earth could have it translated to them. Now, do you think they had the carpet rolled out for them doing that? Well, all we got to do is go to the Maccabees. And there they are. There they are in Jerusalem. And Antiochus, friend of Ptolemy, cousin, see, same family. If he caught anybody circumcising their son, you were hung out on a post with the child wrapped around your neck to die. During the winter solstice, they, he, he, he made sport of uh, skinning seven sons and boiling them alive in front of their mother and then the mother because they wouldn't eat pig meat. Paul talks about it in the New Testament, by the way. All right. So here we started to build this underground church right there during the time of the Maccabees. Oh, how do you know that? Listen to what the Maccabees did. They run to the hills and hide from these scoundrels. Listen, Antiochus said, change your customs and your all and get my new. Let's all be one, he said. Isn't that what Mystery Babylon does? Doesn't Mystery Babylon say we're all going to be one? Well, that's what they said back in the Genesis. We're all one. Let us build that tower to heaven. Yes, indeed. And that's what Antiochus said. Renounce all the customs and histories of your peoples and take my new religion or die. How about that? So the, the church started going underground right there. Even the, even the scribes there during the Maccabees time. If you didn't buckle to some potentate, either Greek, Roman, Egyptian, didn't matter, your, your head would roll. That's just the way it was. This fight was on, and I mean violently on. Not some fluffy, limp-wristed Joseph Prince church boy. I'm talking about murder. But here in, in this uh, fourth page here, uh, the translators, uh, they say that God stirred the heart of Ptolemy to, to do all this, that they, they believe it was in God's will. Okay. <laughs> the bad guys, that is. And they had this quest to make scriptures all common or vulgar. And that went from Asia to all the colonies of Asia to Europe and Africa. And uh, here with the uh, translators, they say it was in, in, now this is the school of Ptolemy now, of Alexandria, for preachers and learners both. Okay? But when the apostles got their hands on the Septuagint, see, according to these translators, the apostles started to make the proper corrections to the Septuagint. So here we know from this intro that the Septuagint was gone over by the apostles. And here with all this, the uh, translators are commending that act right there in that. But there was the great divide. The Septuagint and the martyrs. And on this side, and then Alexandria on that side. And we have a, uh, a list of the names here from these guys, from the Alexandria Satanic School of Thought. Uh, one of them was Aquila. And these are fake names, folks. But this is what we got, Aquila Theodosian. Shamachius, and this is by the time uh, these three, the, there was five or six editions done by these guys. This hex, get that hex, hex alpha. Do we know what a hex is? Is that not a star? Is that not a witch's symbol? And then, of course, origin, and they used this uh, Alexandria for all their commentaries. 
But I tell you, according to these translators, the apostles removed themselves when they started to put things into Greek. So that was way back then. And the people that hang, hung on to the Septuagint were martyred. The apostles were what? Martyred. But they started pulling away. Now that explains your Essenes on the edge of town. The Essenes on the edge of town went out there and said, we are not going to take part of, of what's going on inside Jerusalem. We're, we're going out here. See, we got their history in the Dead Sea Scrolls. We got the history of what they did every day and how much they loved the doctrine. They would read the book of Isaiah and uh, other favorite books that they had just for their recreation. They grew their own food. They stayed away from Jerusalem. And this is why. They would be martyred there in Jerusalem. You mean to tell me the holy people inside the temple, inside Jerusalem, weren't the holy people? You understand that the apostles pulled away from this translation into Greek. Why? Because of the perverting of it. Okay? Now, there was a, there was a, here in this fourth page of 10, uh, there's this just the, just 10 Ion, an emperor who uh, just to the Jews only said, okay, you're only allowed to use the 70. And the 70 is a, a name for the Septuagint because Septuagint means seven. So that's on that side. That's on the good side. But on the Egyptian side, according to the translators now, they had a boast there by these uh, phony scribes. Because they said, the reason we can change all this and start adding to the scriptures and uh, taking away and adding to is because we are prophets. Dude, we are enlightened. We can add to the original and we can take away from the original. See how far back this goes? But you see, the apostles were long gone. When they left Hebrew, they left this circle of scribes. This goes clear back to 200 AD, according to this intro into the King James Bible. And this, uh, uh, these uh, translators, they thought a lot of Jerome's abilities. They said he was really school, really good at, at and that he reaffirmed all this that we've said here. And he's the one that went through uh, origin. He went from Greek to Latin. And uh, the, the boast was that countries that understood Latin, to the west, to the south, to the northeast, uh, to the north and to the east, they all understood Latin because they were provinces of Rome. Okay, there was a guy named St. Augustine, and he claimed, look, there's too many of these translations. Because this Ptolemy school just opened the floodgates. There were so many different translations made, you couldn't count them all. And none of them were out of the Hebrew. None of them. Okay? So in the translators of the King James, own words now, this isn't my words. It was all muddy because they did what? They added to the original. They took away from the original. They claimed to be prophets. They claimed to be enlightened. And the translators said when they went, started it, and even when they went to Latin, they, and then from there, all these different places where it went. And they list a lot of the places here. It went, and everybody started adding to it because there was no, nothing holding them back. No one saying, hey, don't do that. Don't add to it. So they would take their commentaries and mingle it with the doctrine. But the translators thought a lot of Jerome. Basically, he did a good translation of a terrible text. 
So they didn't blame anything on Jerome. That was surprising to me. Uh, that's uh, over the uh, uh, Latin and Greek translations, which he, uh, again, Jerome didn't have the Septuagint. He had Latin and Greek from, from the wrong end of the world here, from Egypt. So, but still there was this uh, quest with him that they would go into the vulgar tongue and they would go across the nations. But that had nothing to do with the underground church. The underground church, and this is when I, when I dabbled in reading this intro, I said, hey, do you know this, this gospel went all across the world before there was ever a building ever built? That it had already went to every end of the world, into every language. And that was through the underground church. So don't mix up anything I'm saying up here about Jerome or any of these people. That has nothing to do with the underground church. Christ's church, the real church, not the muckety-muck church. As the written word was translated into the tongue of nations, the additions to them were exposed, according to the translators. And there's two big <laughs> turncoats here. One of them's named after Lucifer. Isn't that something? Lucian, and then Helochias. And Helo has to do with the sun. The, it's what helium is, made, is named after. And they were the bad guys. They were pure occultists. And they just uh, were doing the things that we're talking about as these additions were made, as the word started to uh, go into Latin and to go into all necks of the world, supposedly, okay? All right, so these uh, tongues that the, that the Latin went into, and uh, this has to do with origin. So we got, we got uh, some of the places here. And some of these are old names. Dalmatian is another name of a translator into other tongues. I thought that was a dog. But here it's a translator. And it went into Syrian in Latin, Egyptian in Latin, India in Latin, Persia in Latin, Armenian, Scythian, Rome, Asian. All these tongues, uh, Sozomen, Gothic. All right, now we get some dates. It went into Arabic in 717 A.D. into Latin. And there was a guy responsible for that named John Bishop that they quote here. It went into Latin, went into Saxon language, which is the forerunner of English. Saxon in 800 A.D. It went into Sklavonian. It went into Dutch, and that was done out of the library of Corbin Ian. Now, here's another forerunner of English, French, and that was done with Charles V in the year 1160. See? And we still couldn't get it into English. Why? why? Why couldn't we go into English now as the English language started to find itself? Well, we go to the Church of Rome now. And there was a pope, and his name was Pius uh, IV, I believe. Anyway, he made everybody in any country put in a written application that wanted the, uh, it into their vulgar tongue. Okay, so that seems pretty good, even though it's an Antichrist Bible version added to 
out of the Latin into English. They would have to apply in writing. And then along came, as we get to six of 10, at the top of the page, we have Pope Clement, Clement the Eighth, And he never allowed any tongue to have this Latin Vulgate. He would override it. So out of all the license applications there were, never did we get any of that translated into what they called the vulgar tongue. Okay? So, Now we talk about Jerusalem there during Christ's time and the scribes that were there, not the Essenes. Now, uh, it's interesting that there's a cult group out here, like, and, it, and it's an offshoot of the uh, Detroit Baptist Seminary that hate the King James, by the way. They hate it. And they go into this part of uh, the Bible. And they condemn Christ for using the Septuagint. They condemn the apostles for using it. That's what they do. Yes, they do. So there's your Baptist Detroit Seminary. All right. But during the time, as we go to Matthew chapter 23, let's see what Christ thought. Not of the Essenes. The Essenes had... For recreation, they would go over psalms, and they would their favorite hobby was uh, Genesis. Another hobby they had was uh, the Book of Isaiah, and we found that completely intact. It proved our King James Bible. Let, 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 let me explain. Back in the old days, back old 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 days, as they were holding on to these Dead Sea Scrolls, and they didn't want them out. It finally came out. You see, these muckety-muck theologians were saying the book of Isaiah was so accurate that it had to be added to. It couldn't, couldn't have been all them prophecies come true. What's the matter with you people? You can't believe that. It was added to. And they went on and on like that for a long time. Well, here comes the book of Isaiah, and it was a thousand years older than any book of Isaiah fragment or otherwise. It blew those theologians out of the water. It shut them up so quickly, made them look like idiots. Because yes, indeed, it was not added to as things went along. But it, the Dead Sea Scrolls, they had Enoch, they had Jaser. They had all the books that we read here. And they were scribing them out there away from the deviltry that was going on in Jerusalem. So what did Christ say about it in Matthew 23? Chapter 23. Let's hear. Let's hear what Christ said about these muckety-mucks that went along with the uh, Egyptian mystery school. What did he say about it? Go to verse 2 in chapter 23. It says, saying, this is Christ talking, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be done and lay them on men's shoulders. For the, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Hey, is that a preacher? I think I know one of them up here. I've never seen a preacher ever have a splinter in his finger, ever. 
or a sore thumb from a hammer. All right, I'll stop. But all their works in five, they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. See, now how are they doing that? They're, it's their doctrine, folks. They've changed the doctrine. We read it last week. Did we not in Galatians about this close but no banana doctrine that people would preach? What did Paul say? Let that man be accursed. More on the scribes. And the scribes were taking, they were handling this, these doctrines here in the temple. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, Ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Once again, go back to the history here. What did I say they were trying to do? What, what was their goal at the Ptolemy School of Thought? That these Pharisees, these rabbis, are taking their marching orders from. These destroyers of the doctrine. Okay. Listen to this in 16. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold in the temple, he is a debtor. Yeah, so there they are. What else about the scribes? Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Question mark. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. There you are, you money mongers, you Joseph Prince prosperity punks. Ye fools, F-O-O-L-E-S, and blind. For whether it is greater, the gift or the altar, that sanctifies the gift. Whoso therefore swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. And whoso swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein, uh, who's dwelling therein. Is that not where the Antichrist is going to sit? Sure it is. His doctrine's already there at this time. 22, and he, he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Oh, you mean Christ is sitting in the third heaven? Well, sure he is. The North Star. More on him. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. 
See, that's right in the law. Wasn't something new here in the New Testament. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Yeah, yeah, they don't ever work. It's a nice hustle to be there on the pulpit. Sure it is. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. All uncleanness, what is that? That is your pieces of Osiris, the occult religion, the Satanism. They worship the bones. They, they take the, the bones of dead sorcerers and believe that they're talismans. Mao himself had big pictures of Mao with all the skulls behind him. It's a talisman to these people. They steal the bones of Geronimo and take them there uh, to the uh, Order of Skull and Bones, and they believe Geronimo, who's a sorcerer, his skull has occult power. It's a talisman. That's who these people are. That's who the Ptolemy School of Thought is. And that's who gave you the Antichrist Bible versions. 28, it says, even so, ye also appear, also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. That's a lie. They're busy going to, they're going to persecute all the apostles and they are the ones that were sitting there influencing people to kill Christ. 31, what does Christ say? Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. 32, what does Christ say? Fill ye up in the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Zacharias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now, folks, you realize Paul was busy doing what he did before he was slapped down, and he was schooled here in the temple. He sat under the feet of Daniel. He knew the scriptures, right? His dad was a Pharisee. And what was he doing? Attacking the Christians. So I'm asking you people, how did all that get created? I know they had the Kabbalah. They had the Talmud. They had the Zohar. They had the mystery school of Babylon. They had the mystery school of the Persians. I know that. But they got in the middle of this confounding of the doctrine. Yes, they did. And that's why the fruit comes out the other end. All these years, I sat there and said, hey, all I had to do is open up one of those other Bible versions. I knew it was the Mickey Mouse Club with horns. I just poo-pooed, yeah, get this garbage away from me. Went on with the real Bible. So it don't take a bunch of study to realize which is the real 
uh, authentic word, which isn't. Dale Ripplinger said something very interesting. She said, if you want to know what to understand the Bible, start reading it. And that's true. You roll up your sleeves and you start reading it. And you'll understand it. And faster than that is in Bible study groups. When you get sped up there, get started, you'll understand it. But uh, anyway, when it comes to this uh, doctrine of the shepherd of Hermes, I have somebody there that's went over it. And, and remember what I said, the six angels that he talks about is that's because it's the occult number six. That's their number of fulfillment. Our number of fulfillment is seven. That's God's numbers against Satan's numbers. All right. Hey, uh, J.D., could you give us a little take on what you've been studying about this occult doctrine that was there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. You're coming through. Okay, so started reading this and didn't like it right from the start. It's an allegorical fictional book, has to do with visions. Uh, starts off drawing the woman out of the water. And it goes on with these visions where they're building a tower off near the water or on the water with what they call six power angels. And we know when you're building a tower, that's a reference to the Tower of Babel. But then I come to in the fourth vision. I'm just going to read from it and let everybody else hear it. It says, and the beast was about 100 feet in length, and its head was, as it were, of pottery. And I began to weep and to entreat the Lord that he would rescue me from it. And I remembered the word which I had heard. Be not of doubtful mind, Hermes. Having therefore, brethren, put on the faith of the Lord and called to the mind the mighty works that he had taught me, I took courage and gave myself up to the beast. Now the beast was coming on with such a rush that it might have ruined the city. So that whole, I took courage and gave myself up to the beast, just jumped off the pages at me. Um, it goes on here, two more paragraphs, it says, and I come near it huge monster as it was, it stretched itself out on the ground and merely put forth its tongue and stirred not at all until I had passed by it. And the beast had on its head four colors, black, then fire, and blood color, then gold, then white. Okay, Jim, we appreciate that. Let me explain to the people what this is. Um, this Tower of Babel is building this tower. The lady he's talking about is the whore of Babylon. The, uh, the colors there are mocking God. The six angels there, again, war against the seven real angels. So uh, here's the whole point of no matter what you make of that, that they took out in this uh, school of Vaticanus Receptus and Alexandrius Receptus and the Sinaiticus Receptus, they took uh, out Revelations and James, where you're told don't remove one word, they removed the whole book. And it wasn't until 1585 when they knew that the Apostles' underground church was going to come with all of the doctrine that they said, we can't do that. So they named the book of Revelations, they named it, uh, they call it the Apocrypha, don't they? And so the, the Apocalypse, they call it. And uh, so they, they, they put that in there to cover themselves, okay? Um, so the underground church is, had already accomplished this task. So it was all over the world, and people died. Scribes died over and over and over. So when this uh, gathering started in 1500, there was no stopping it, because the uh, killing people began to waver. That, that wasn't doing it. In fact, the heat was on so badly at the time of the apostles it took them all the way to the forming of uh, by Constantine, 
And he was busy killing and barbecuing Christians. They couldn't stamp it out because the apostles had already got the job done. So the good doctrine had nothing to do with any of these muckety-mucks. Nothing to do with them. Not one word of your Bible came out of the Ptolemy-Alexandria school of blasphemy. But things like West Scott and Hort did. The Ghost Guild, the Hermes Club. Madame Lebowski loved Westcott and gushed over him and put him in the books here. See? So, that takes us all the way to uh, page 6 of 10, and we should be able to finish this intro next week. But there's a couple interesting things that I want to bring up here. One is, tomorrow is a... uh, UN meeting on climate change. It's the Devos Group meeting. And they're uh, talking about giving all authority to one czar, one uh, health czar for climate lockdowns. They're demanding climate lockdowns. Now, where am I getting that? Well, part of where I'm getting that is from a John Hopkins newsletter that we get. And you ought to read it. Hey, COVID, <laughs> and this is this is what they call it now, uh, uh, disease X. How's that sound for scary? Um, it has everything in there, folks. Every bit of brainwashing, stupidity. And this comes from Rockefeller started this hospital, John Hopkins. And it's their newsletter. If you want to know how this medical tyranny is moving on, Ahead, um, this is an economic forum meeting tomorrow, but it's got climate lockdowns as a major issue. And the WHO, the WHO, they want this uh, climate czar to have total power. This uh, czar. And then also... Folks, has anybody been checking out the Ram and the He-Goat stuff that we told you was coming? Folks, how long have we been saying this is going to be used? Have you ever seen a war where every little battle's on on the news? Not only one article, but hundreds of articles on this brainwashing. What did we say? Iraq and Iran are going to be used to put a spell over the world to take the peace agreement. I hope that everyone's eyes are open out there to all that. That's very important. And it's all being tied together because with this lockdown that's going on, we have to have the chip, not only the nanorobots in you, where we can run our phone, Bluetooth you, and find out who's who. Have you had your jab? See, this is the the Carl Sanders chip is going to be commanded and demanded during the tribulation. And the fact is, this peace agreement that's going to come out of this Iran conflict is the forming of the new world order on steroids. And this Antichrist is going to be sitting right there in the middle of it. And he'll move his throne there to Jerusalem. The head of the snake is moving to Jerusalem. How long have we been saying this, folks? I mean, how long have we been doing the podcast? I don't know. But you go back in and we've been talking about it the whole time. Uh, and before that, it's all on CDs. We upgraded and, and played some of our old 10, 15-year-old CDs saying how it would go. It's, it's not some great lightning bolt from heaven that hit us. It is studying the doctrine and keeping your eyes open and your ears open. And the beautiful spirit that's in these words, not the Ptolemy school of Antichrist, but the real doctrine. From the underground martyrs who will never know the name till we get to heaven, till we're with Christ, with the new Jerusalem here on earth. 
then we'll know who the real translators were that left that lost their life. Like the seven ladies back there with the Maccabees. It started Judas Maccabeus and his brothers to fight for their people because they not only littered Jerusalem full of corpses, but they burned the doctrine wherever they could find it. And this war has never been over. Now, the translators refer to these apostles, but they don't go into it the way we are going into it now completely. But they do. That's where I got the knowledge that, hey, they, this whole doctrine went around the world long before there was a Catholic church or a Protestant church. And those are just two twin sisters of dialectics. That's all they are. Martin Luther took the book of Exodus and threw it in the creek out of his own words and said to not even look at the Old Testament at all that you didn't need the Old Testament. So he didn't monkey around. What the Catholic Church had done to publish it into English, their Antichrist Bible, he flushed it. He flushed it. You don't need all that. You don't need none of that. All you need is the New Testament. See? And here he was. He was Catholic all these years. All of a sudden, he's flushing the book of Ezra. Second Ezra, which I consider one of the most powerful prophetic books in the Bible. Uh, also, the reason I say 77 books, I'm going to explain, because that comes out of the Septuagint. I did that, I say that in honor of the Septuagint because they were 70s. And they, they said, <laughs> we did this in 72 days which I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it's reverencing the 72,000 where furloughing New Jerusalem temple that's coming to earth, North Star to earth. So a Septuagint means seven, 70, 72, or 77. So uh, the way it was before King James, you had the intro book was, was Daniel as a young man, that was Susanna during the captivity in the tribe of Naphtali. And you had the Song of the Three Holy Children there with Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And at the end of it was Bell and the Dragon, which was over Daniel again, and, is it, and the attack that the sorcerers from Babylon put on him. So those three were one. So you add that up at 77. I wanted to explain that to everybody. So we also have a man that's done some research on the radiation protection. And I'm using some of it right now. I got my uh, implements right here. Uh, Mr. Midget, are you out there to give us a rundown on what you've discovered? I am. First of all, I'd like to add to uh, what you were talking about, the Davos Group, the World Economic Forum. Now, they're the ones that were responsible for uh, putting out the book, The Great Reset, which uh, we covered uh, some chapters on our study of that. And they meet annually, and uh, they just keep advancing and rolling out that agenda of The Great Reset. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff coming out of those meetings. Okay, now I did receive my Faraday cage this week, and I did uh, the testing on it with my meter, and I did get very good results with it. I got a significant reduction of radiation of uh, 85 to 90% on that uh, Faraday cage. Now, I bought that. It's the name of the company that makes that is Faraday Defense. And you can get it at uh, several different stores. Now, I've got mine from a place called Wild Oak Trail. And when I bought it, I paid $189 for it. But since I see it's gone up to $279 on that site and also on the Faraday Defense site 
it's the same price. Now there's another uh, store on there called uh, Oz Robotics, and it announced it uh, says it has that uh, the smaller one for 149, but I couldn't get a price on the larger one, which I got. But there's also another company that makes these. It's called Smart Meter. And there's another one called Router Guard Store, and they make a large Faraday cage for $89. And I think probably any of those products would uh, be a good product because they're all made the same way. And uh, there's also, if you go and search up uh, Wi-Fi shields, a lot of these companies will come up. There's a lot of products out there. So what you need to do is measure the router uh, that you have for your Wi-Fi, and you'll have to, and you can see what you can use to apply for the size of your router. But there's a lot of products out there, and you shouldn't have any problem finding one. But the Faraday Defense, I can say I tested, and it was very good results. Thank you. Yeah, and another thing that I, somebody wanted me to bring up was how the similitudes that are used in the Bible get stolen, like the lady that's riding the beast. Uh, They take something Christian, and they use it in their symbolic language. Now, they also put it in the riddles in stone. But what do I mean by that? When it comes to a statuary or a a idol, uh, it tells a story to the person that has wisdom and understanding. But for the uninitiate, the people that don't know anything, it, it blows right over them. Now, let me take you, the, the, the uh, UN statue there in Brussels, and they went around Europe. It's, it's over Europa, and it's a naked lady riding a horned bull. And underneath it says, the lady rides the beast. Okay. Then under that, it says rebuilding Babylon. So you take that statue and apply it to what Jimmy was reading there out of this shepherd and Hermes. Okay, and this goes on. So Christ, in our doctrine, goes in and gets the sacred names of Satan like Grove, like Molech, like uh, the names of the gods, the, the uh, rituals, passing through the fire, the astrology. He describes their uh, doctrine for us in the King James. And of course, that's taken out of the other Bible versions. It's hidden, like the name Lucifer, for instance. But also, people were talking about uh, this statue that was sent to the uh, world government out of Mexico government, and it's over this bear, <laughs> half leopard, half bear, and it goes right into the book of Revelations as they mock the book of Revelations. That's one uh, thing about it. So it's really wide open. If you look at this statue of this uh, bear, these claws and this, uh, and the wings on it and all that, it is right out of the book of Revelations, and it's sent to the world government. So you see, it's their joy to do what the uh, Plutarch, Plato, Ptolemy, Alexandria School of Philosophy, how they enjoy trying to pollute our word, okay? And they are vicious over it. But yet some of this is as simple as going to the riddles in stone here. And they are riddles in stone. When you see a... uh, gargoyle up there and he has his tongue stuck out. Do you know the Bible describes that in the prophets? Why is that idol sticking his tongue out? Well, that's over the serpent. And God condemns them over the tongue hanging out of their idol. That's an example. A lot of it's in the prophets. You have to read the prophets end to end to really know the Bible at all. Okay? Now, with that, I want to Ask anybody else here at the table. You have anything to add? To this? Okay, phone land. Does, does anybody have anything that they would like to add to our study today? You're welcome to get on there and speak. 
If not, I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Okay. And uh, so here from Akron, Clinton, New Franklin, Ohio. Here we are at the table of the King James Bible Prophecy Church. Harriet, Benzi, Bo, and myself. May the wisdom and understanding of the Holy Ghost go with every one of you. Bye-bye.